I've got you under my skin. It is 18 minutes before the hour here on the Drunk Large Radio Show. And we're pleased to be in studio, as we are almost always every other Wednesday at this time, with Judy Lubier. She is an owner of Seniors Helping Seniors New Hampshire, also of Maine. Mm -hmm. And uh, she comes in every other Wednesday at this time for Caring for Seniors, in which she shares her wisdom in dealing with our elders. Peace of mind is key among the uh, is is key among the things that uh, seniors helping seniors brings to the table. Mm-hmm. So whether it's an elderly friend, neighbor, or loved one who uh, might need someone to look in on them and help them with what's called the activities of daily living, uh, their medications now among other things. Let seniors helping seniors bring that peace of mind both to you and to your wallet. They're a That's whole it. lot less expensive than the average cost of people who try to do it themselves, who on average can lose up to $150,000 a year right. in income in, over a yes, three to five-year five period years. of time. Mm-hmm. So Significant. Yeah. Do you cost that much money? No. Generally, <laughs> generally not. <laughs> we yeah. do provide 24-hour care. We just had a call. I just had a call actually from a realtor, who, a friend, yep. who's shopping with uh, somebody, a buyer for a home with um, this particular woman's mother. And they're debating a little in-law apartment versus assisted living. And mm-hmm. um, really, this woman doesn't need much help. So there would be significant savings if... Um, yeah, if they could but consider I, this home, this option. Um, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day whose uh, 98-year-old mother-in-law is being tended to almost 24-7 oh, yes. by, his, by his wife. And I oh. said, you know yes. that seniors helping seniors lady? I said, maybe you yeah. should talk to them just Even, to find right. a way to take over a little bit. Of I it. was just going to say decreasing the stress. We're seeing this with my in-laws. My father-in-law and my mother-in-law, are n- neither one are doing very well. My, mother, my father-in-law um, has some... Uh, concerns regarding memory and then um, had, I think, eight TIAs, transient ischemic attacks, which are kind of short duration, mini strokes, if you will, usually resolve on their own within 24 hours. But um, now he's caring for my mother-in-law. She's had a very significant, very quick decline over the last two to three months. And he's at very high risk of passing away while he's caring for her because the stress that occurs stress as a caregiver. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit of help. Um, and they're out of our listening area. So I can also talk about what's happened with my husband, Randy, because some people may know, but many of your listeners probably do not, that he's uh, fell from the roof of our camp. Uh. His parents only know that he had a bad fall because he's 59, For probably 20 years, his mother's been saying, you should never get on a ladder again. You should never get on a ladder again. Well, if there's any gentleemen out there listening who own a home, I don't know any middle-aged man who doesn't really have to get on a ladder once in a while. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of what we say oftentimes. I have to do that just to get light bulbs changed. In right, my house exactly. Like that to high ceilings, ceilings yeah. that's right. Or if you happen to clean your own gutters. or you know, My brother-in-law is uh, in the roofing business, and so he's on and off ladders and roofs all the time. Oh, really? Does he do slate? He's in New York, oh. um, so he would not be of any help, and I'm uncertain if he does slate um, or not. <laughs> but um, Randy's on a roof maybe once, maybe twice a year when we open and close our camp. So he got on the ladder wrong. Um, he was too high. Like the point of the fulcrum, it kicked out from under him when he uh. leaned into it, fell away from him, and he was in a free fall. So the reason I'm bringing this up, because um, 
he's not been sleeping well. He underwent mm-hmm. surgery right away, 10 days in the hospital. Um, we have him in a hospital bed at home now. He's experiencing a lot of obstructive sleep apnea, Mm -hmm. as well as interrupted sleep related to pain. So that's since the fall. He has some sleep apnea anyway, that he has had a sleep study and um, it was really positional. So as long as he could position on his left side, he wasn't experiencing any sleep apnea or very, very minimal, didn't need a CPAP or supplemental oxygen at night. But his all of his fractures, so he fractured his thigh bone, his femur, very high up near the hip in three long segments. He fractured his left foot, fractured his left elbow, and a compression fracture of his spine. Uh. He can't position, he can't reposition, so he's experiencing some obstructive sleep apnea, as well as interrupted sleep related to pain. He's bumming. He is. So I would have to ask you, how are you sleeping during this election cycle? I don't think you're somebody who sleeps much anyway. You're up at like 3 in the morning or something, and you're at meetings till 11 o'clock at night. Well, sometimes those meetings go past midnight, (laughs) and then they're usually, at least once a month, they're followed by, uh, you know, two other meetings that usually run another four or five hours. Yeah. So, uh, you're how not I, a great sleeper. You know, actually, when my head hits the pillow, I'm gone. You go, okay. Until the until the election's over. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there there might be there might be a handful of nights over the course of the year where I've got so much on my mind, I just stare at my ceiling. Yeah. But you know, good for you. When my when my head hits the pillow, yeah, I'm I'm done. Well, um, Randy is the same way. My husband's the same way. He puts his head down and he is out. I can take up to thirty, sometimes forty five minutes to an hour to fall asleep. So sleep. Poor sleep is one of the top 10 concerns for the elderly, and it's seen really as we age, over 60 years old, we start to see more and more sleep problems. There's two major categories of sleep problems. One are called one category is called dysomnias, and that includes um, insomnia and sleep apnea. And then the other character category sounds like it we should have talked about it yesterday on Halloween because it's called parasomnias which reminds me of paranormal activity and would remind you of that because it includes sleepwalking night terrors um, and restless leg syndrome but also um, a REM sleep disorder which can look like even walking during your sleep maybe going to get something to eat um, <clears throat> and we see this in in some dementia clients as well and Anybody who is a caregiver for somebody who is who has dementia will also say that that's probably a primary concern of the caregivers that we hear from is interrupted sleep or or poor sleep yeah, patterns well, for folks with dementia. Know, I, I've had um, I've had injuries or uh, where I you know where I've had actually pretty severe pain. Yes, um, that. Nothing really works on short yeah. of a whole lot of chiropractor visits and physical therapy, yeah. and um, it's impossible. Even when you're even when you're asleep, you're conscious because right. you're feeling that that stabbing pain yeah. under your shoulder blade or whatever it is, yep. and uh, and you yeah. don't realize you're guarding against the pain, so you have some muscle muscle tension and mm-hmm. you're not breathing as you would yeah. with... Um, it's awful. Yeah, it really is. It kind of feeds itself because the other thing is we need good sleep to re- to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that we find as we age as well. There's a decrease in restorative sleep. So sleep, we talk about sleep architecture. Okay. And sleep architecture really has to do with a progression of sleep across the night. So our um, 
we have three segments of sleep. One is the first segment called light sleep. And then we go into a second segment of deep sleep, which includes a slow wave sleep and non-REM sleep, which is REM stands for rapid eye movement. Most people know that now. Also known as dream sleep. Yeah. And then that's right. We get into our third segment, which is the REM REM phase. And that is our restorative phase. So with what you're describing, or as I described Randy, Randy was waking every two hours. They had a very hard time controlling his pain also. So he was on something long acting, but it was not touching. So he was on four hour medications, two different ones, alternating so that means every two hours he was being woken or waking for pain meds you know, because I, they, he was already awake in pain. Right. Well, if he's awake, that's one thing. But if they're waking him up to give him something, right. that's just – His problem partly in the hospital no, no, was that, that he, it w- he would get behind the pain and it would take another day to catch up. So – and just so – we, we were really thrilled with our, our hospital experience. But he decided day two, night the accident happened on a Sunday. His surgery was on Sunday. On Monday night, he thought, I'm going to get off everything but Tylenol. Yeah. So he went to Tylenol only, and it literally took three more days to try to catch up to the pain again. So there is something to be said, but I totally agree with you. And they also said the same thing. If you're sound asleep, we're not waking you up. Because yeah. um, you need this. The sleep is as helpful as yeah. anything. But his problem, his first week, he just wasn't Now, sound like, a question a bit off the beaten yeah. path. I mean, yeah. with all the, you know, the, the attention on opioids and things like that. I mean, is he, is he taking those? You don't have to, you don't have to answer. Yeah. Or is he, is he basically saying. So nobody saying, breaks into my house or accosts well, me on no, the. Well, no, but yeah, you know, right. I mean, a, a lot of people yeah. who, who no, get, a lot of people get hooked on legitimate uses here. for That's something right. like, That's right. like this. And so if it were me, I would tell the doctors, you know, anything but. Well, that's what happened. Even if he it said, meant I had yeah. to, you know. And he typically doesn't respond well to the oxys, oxycontin, mm-hmm. oxycodone. He's had surgery in the past. He gets all of this, the symptomology that are um, kind of the backlash, like severe itching, irritability. Mm-hmm. He got all of those. So then they put you on something for the itching and they the just irritability. They just keep piling up the drugs to, to counteract the, the, so, the side effects. And then you get more side effects yeah. because the... Every, yeah. Oh, His that. problem was he, there was just no getting on top of the pain. There just was nothing that was going to touch it. So yes, he did end up on some of the oxys. He's tapered down. um, And he's in that kind of pain, typically what we were hearing over and over from both the orthopedic surgeon and the rehab doctor, um, as well as a nurse practitioner who's a pain specialist is there isn't a worry of addiction when you're in this level of pain. And we were as again, we have had a real good plan for tapering. And I'm seeing a significant change over the last two to three nights in his sleep pattern as well. Um, and so the, there is a plan in place for a taper and everything else. And and actually, he's tapered quite well. But um, in terms of the um, rapid eye movement sleep and that restorative phase, we need to get into that to heal. We need to get in that mm-hmm. just to have a normal day. One of the things that we see as we age is there's a decrease of 10 minutes per decade in REM sleep. So as we oh, age, really? we're getting less restorative sleep um, as well. So Maybe that's why we're getting that, – maybe that's why we – age. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's, could be it's a, right, because what do we hear in order to have a, a more healthy aging? We talk about getting a good night's sleep, but we see interrupted sleep just as a product of aging. Um, 
And we see an increase in those dysomnias, insomnia, having two types of insomnia. One is a sleep onset. So you, again, don't have any sleep onset problems. You put your head down, you fall right to sleep. I have more of a sleep onset problem. I also, the other type of insomnia is is sleep. Well, there are advantages to sheer exhaustion at the end of every day. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. If you could get, get your brain to settle down a little bit. Um, the other type of insomnia is a sleep maintenance, and I have a little bit of that. It, I go in phases. I don't mm-hmm. have a chronic problem. A chronic insomnia is anything that's more than a month mm-hmm. in duration. Otherwise, it's considered a short-term insomnia. Okay. And, um, but the sleep maintenance is you may wake very early. I'll go through phases where I wake between 3 and 3.30. Do you remember that scary Stephen King movie? Was it Poltergeist? Or they ah, woke Poltergeist. up at 3-something, yeah. thir- yeah. 33. Back in the days when the television every- <laughs> used to go offline at you know, 1 o'clock in yeah. the morning and just the bars or the Star Spangled Banner would play. That's for, right. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, right. right. So um, I have a little bit of a problem with sleep maintenance insomnia. So I'll wake Sometimes three, three thirty, four in the morning, have trouble getting back to sleep. Sometimes yeah. wake every, go back to sleep, but then I'm awake forty five minutes again. Yeah. Um, well, and see, and if I have trouble sleeping, that's, that's typically what, what it have. is. It's not necessarily okay. falling asleep, which happens very rarely. But if I those handful of occasions I was yeah. talking about, I'll wake up at you know two o'clock in the morning, and I'll be like. Oh, do I even try to go back to sleep because right. I'm going to get up in an hour? In an and hour half anyway, anyway. yeah. And invariably, I'll fall asleep a half hour before I have to wake up, and then it's interrupted sleep, and That's then I'm right. even worse. And that sleep for me, um, and I think is probably typical when I wake up and I think, okay, I have an hour, hour and a half. I'm going to fall back to sleep. Finally, fall back to sleep. I get 45 minutes. At that point when I wake up, when my alarm goes off, I feel like that's when I've finally hit my restorative sleep. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm waking out of a deeper sleep, which is a little frustrating as mm-hmm. well. Some of the um, concerns here, um, and, and we see these concerns anyway with aging for varying reasons, is with interrupted sleep, of course what we see is more daytime drowsiness, Mm -hmm. and we also see poor concentration. So for our elderly who already may have some muscle weakness if they're not attending to that, um, physical fitness, um, we're going to see an increased fall risk. And because they're drowsy and because they're not concentrating, we're also going to see an increase in auto accidents. Mm -hmm. So um, we really have to attend to some of the sleep disorders that we see real commonly in the elderly. I'm not elderly, by the way, even though I'm talking about all my sleep disorders. (laughs) Far from it, Judy. 55, 55. (laughs) Anyway... um, We also see increased sleep disorders in folks with dementia. And interestingly enough, Mm. we see an increase in beta amyloids in the brains of people with insomnia. That's exactly what we see in folks with Alzheimer's. So some studies have... So it could be a sleep issue that uh, maybe contributes to dementia. We always talk about, you know, how do we help slow the progression of dementia, get good sleep? Um, Is it a chicken or an egg thing? Um, It's hard to say, was it there or is it causing? But some people see it as a causative factor of Alzheimer's um, insomnia as well. So how do we treat it? Um, 
we can talk all day long or people will talk all day long about some of the medication, um, but really we want to look at the non-pharmacological interventions first. There are medications out there, certainly when you have dementias or you have any other, whenever we talk about medication, you really need to talk to your doctor. You really need to think, I have no other choice. What about like uh, a melatonin uh, right. supplement or something like that? That's what we would look at first, melatonin, valerian root. I really enjoy Sleepy Time Extra Tea. It's a um, sleepy time tea. That's right. I can see the box. It has a little bear on it snoozing in the woods. Um, But I can't remember the name of who makes it of that tea. But I find it really effective if I'm in a phase of some sleep onset insomnia or some sleep maintenance insomnia. It really helps settle me down. Um, creating um, good, what they call good sleep hygiene. So you want to avoid daytime naps. Oh, see, I can. I have uh, oftentimes find myself on involuntary shutdown. Right? I mean, no, <laughs> I mean, I'll go. just come yeah. to a point where I... I, I you can't. I, you know, so yep. I, I'll cat nap. It'll take 20 minutes. I was just going to say that. I'm a really good cat napper. Yep. A quick power nap, 15, 20 minutes. My grandmother was great at it. My mother was great at it. I inherited it from them. Um, so increase your physical activity during the day. You want to um, not work out vigorously three hours before sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and also alcohol. Oh, I hope my daughter just heard that. <laughs> Is she working out at night? Yeah. Because she can't. Yeah. She has trouble going to sleep. Yeah, she does. So if she could try to go to sleep earlier and wake up an hour earlier and get a workout in, I try to work out. I try to get up around five in the morning when I'm going to work out and mm-hmm. work out around six. Um, you'd have to get up at like two in the morning, Rich, to get that done. <laughs> but. Um, also, alcohol before you go to sleep is not going to help your sleep. It's going to contribute to some um, obstructive sleep apnea. Um, it People will say, oh, I just need a glass of wine. That will help calm me down. Mm-hmm. It actually is not going to really help you get into the phase of sleep that you need for restorative sleep. So those are some of my tips on sleep and the concerns as well as a way to help regulate and get some more restorative sleep Well, Judy, uh, as always, we appreciate the information that you share with us. Uh, We wish Randy well in his recovery. And I was asleep at the uh, switch. We have completely run through the break. No, no apologies necessary. It was good stuff. We've completely run through the break. We're going to hit station ID and then the news. Stay with us.